If you're a parent of teenagers, how do you talk about sex with them? Find out what Michael McIntyre's approach is on this week's Pod 20. Welcome to the countdown of the top 20 podcasts in the world right now. I'm Graham Mack. I talk to podcasters who made the chart. And my special guest is Anthony Davis, the host of 5-Minute News. Good to see you again via Zoom in Los Angeles. How are you? I'm very well, Graham. It's, uh, yeah, it's really nice to be back in the same space. <laughs> You've upgraded your space since we That's last right. spoke because you were behind a curtain like... <laughs> I was in the wardrobe. You were in the wardrobe. You it was yeah. you you were you'd like you'd followed the yellow brick road and you'd like you were making everything work behind a curtain. Yes, exactly. And now you've upgraded and it looks fantastic. Yeah, it's a nice it's called Cube, K U B E, Mob in Yorkshire sell them in Ripon in Yorkshire. And mm. uh, they came down and they fitted it all in the house and everything's great. And I've got a new microphone as well thanks to you. This was your recommendation, the uh, Electro Voice RE20. Thanks for putting me onto this. Well, as you can oh, see, I'm we're on the sporting. 320. Actually, I'm on the 320. You're, you're, you're on the 320, on. and this is the yeah. original RE20, which came out. I think they designed it in like 1959. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Wonder used it for his albums. I mean, it's the single greatest microphone ever made. And then about 15 years ago, they made a kind of Chinese, slightly cheaper one. They made it in China as opposed to America, and that's the RE320. And unfortunately for me. <laughs> Your one is actually better. The new Chinese copy is better than the original, in my view. <laughs> so people can decide in the comments who sounds better. Exactly. And yeah. um, there will be a lot of podcasters who watch this and who listen to podcast radio. Can we quickly talk about microphones for a minute? Because you are somewhat of an expert. How many do you own? Oh, I have dozens, but I've been collecting them since I was a kid. Like my first pictures of me recording myself, probably with a little realistic microphone, which came from Tandy, or they call it Radio Shack in America, plugged into probably a Sayasho recorder. Do you remember Sayasho? It was Dixon's own brand. Right. And they made a little tape deck. So that was how I started. And then I got an Audio-Technica uh, Pro 22. That was my first mic. That was in blue. I still have that. And from there, it just I just love them. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the kind of phallic nature of them. But I feel, I genuinely feel like people take for granted how important this thing is. It's the difference between us as announcers sounding relaxed because we like what we hear in the headphones. You know, it, it, it complements our voice. But it also, you know, the pops. And I mean, like, I don't even have a shield. You've got a shield on yours. I don't sound like I'm... I need a big foam. This microphone is so capable. So this is like my new happy place, microphone-wise. Electrovoice, American-made, designed pre-1960. I mean, and look at it. It doesn't even look like a microphone. It looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a, some kind of Korean military device, you know? Well, why do you think so? Me. How, why do you think so many podcasters use the mic I used to use, which was the Shure M SM7B? The only reason I got that one, actually, yeah. was when I'd set up the studio when the pandemic hit, was because I was thinking back to radio stations I'd been on, and the last radio station I worked at in Australia, 2GO on the central coast of New South Wales, that was the mic we had in the studio. So that was why I got the SM7B. Yeah. Why do you think so many people are using those? Because having listened to this now and to yours... It, it, they don't sound. They're too. They're too dark and muffled. Really. Well, they don't have character. They're very. They're, exactly. they're, 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 they just don't have character like 
these these mics. Uh, two reasons. The reason everybody uses an SM7B, and I hate them. I remember being having one set up. <laughs> I, I did the Raw Variety performance for the BBC, and they'd set one up in the wings for me to use. And I did like one announcement on it, and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, sw- <laughs> they switched it out. I think the reason is because Americans love their branding, American branding. Sure is an American company. It's a bit like why people are still flying on Boeing and buying Boeings, even though they keep crashing. It's like the brand is so powerful. And so sure, you know, you can't go wrong with sure. And that's true. You know, an SM58 is the classic singer's mic. So there's that. And then secondly, the fact that it's got the foam windshield built onto it. I think is the reason why people like it. I didn't think we were going to be talking about this today, but well, I'm very just, pleased that we are. Okay, okay. Well, I just thought just to get us going. I'm with so many people who are who are watching this and, and listen to Podcast Radio into yeah. uh, podcasts or on them. Well, then, before we finish talking about microphones then, assuming that there are podcasters listening, I'd yeah. like you to give me, you gave me the recommendation for this one. I'd like yeah. you to give me three recommendations. First, for a, a beginner on a budget, Mm-hmm. Second for a mid-range intermediate, and third for the money no object microphone. Where would you go? Ah. Well, let's put this at the top, you know, because this is the the RE twenty. That's, a, that's like I'd say top of the range. Thank you very much. You wouldn't Am go I for a condenser put, mic. No, I mean I've got a beautiful condenser mic here, which is an NT one, a Rode NT one, not the NT one A, the silver one, the black one made in Australia. It's all about the yeah. detail. Um, that's what I use for voiceover work is the Rode NT1. It's very clean. You know, the Neumann U87 is considered to be at the very, you know, the best mic you can get, but it's like $2,000. Yeah. So this 400, your one, $300, £250 thereabouts, RE320 in the middle. The cheapest kind of best podcaster mic, AKG make a mic that looks like an old fashioned mic. You can get it for about £100. Maybe right. 120 pounds, but I always buy from the Amazon warehouse, which is like box damage stock. Yeah. I never buy new from Amazon. I always scroll down a bit and it says used from. And then I looked the other day because a friend of mine's trying to get one. I shouldn't say this now because it'll be out of stock and she won't be able to get it. But AKG make one that's got four capsules in it, two on the front and two on the back. It's a square mic. I forget what it's called, but AKG only make like one mic that looks like this. And it's a USB mic. And it has a headphone socket, it has a mix button, and it has a gain button. But it also has two capsules on the back. So you and I could sit across a table and we could be interviewing each other for a podcast or just doing a podcast. And there's effectively a mic on each side of this microphone. Yeah. So AKG make it. And it's a, it's a lovely little microphone. Uh, yeah. Little. It's about, it's about this big. But it looks like an old-fashioned mic. And the quality yeah. is fantastic. So that's what I'd start with. And it's not expensive. Okay, so the condenser mic wouldn't be on there even though you... Because I've got a thing about condenser mics. When I was in Australia, every radio station I worked in, it was dynamic mics. In the UK, every station I've worked in has been a condenser mic. And I don't think... I I think condenser mics, in many ways, superior to dynamic mics, or most of them. But I find that for in a radio studio, where people may be coming in and out of the door while the mic is open, where you are self-opping and pushing buttons and clicking a mouse, I just find condenser mics are too sensitive. And I wonder why yeah, the Brits are. have them in radio studios. It's like you've put the you've put you've 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 given a mic that's that's too good. Well, because for it goes back studio. to branding, Graham. You know, in England we would buy British. And so invariably the mics in early studios 
were were British made and they were condenser mics, you know, dynamic mics, well, ribbon mics originally. The British mics were ribbon mics and then the follow-on from a ribbon mic is a condenser mic. Then you get to a dynamic mic. So yeah. I agree with you. These are great for radio because they're very, they're not sensitive. You really need to like talk into them to get them to kind of do good work for you. Uh, whereas, I mean, you and I are both in very, you know, well soundproofed rooms, so we could use a condenser mic, but it's too sensitive. I use them for voiceover because if I'm working with, say, studios, you know, Disney or Universal, they want you to use condenser mics. Yeah. But for things like this, you and I with this, and uh, for five minute news, I was using a condenser. I've now switched back to this because I just think it sounds so nice on a news broadcast because this is like a newscaster's microphone on radio. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I just looked up the AKG name. It's called yeah. the Pro Audio Lyra Ultra HD four capsule multi capture mode USB C condenser microphone for recording and streaming. It's one hundred and forty dollars in the US, um, but on you know the warehouse. So that's a hundred uh, quid in the UK. It's a hundred yeah. quid, and it's a lovely yeah. looking mic on a on a big stand, and I and that's what I recommend. Uh, it's just a very interesting microphone. Well, it'll be interesting to see where 5-Minute News is on the chart this week. Find out soon. Let's get into the chart now. And at number 20, Sword and Scale, the true crime podcast which covers the dark side of humanity and human nature, including murder, rape, dismemberment, and cannibalism. The worst monsters are real. 19. Behind the Bastards. The worst humans in history. The latest episode is about the trash TV host, Morton Downey Jr. 18. The Breakfast Club The world's most dangerous morning show with DJ Envy, Angela Yee and Chalamagne, The God. 17. On Purpose with Jay Shetty Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. Jay's latest guest is the primatologist and anthropologist Jane Goodall. 16. The Dropout, the podcast about the ongoing court case of Elizabeth Holmes. How did the world's youngest self-made female billionaire lose it all in the blink of an eye and find herself facing criminal charges that could put her in prison for decades? 15. Something Was Wrong, the award-winning true crime docu-series about trauma and recovery from shocking life discoveries and abusive relationships. 14. Folk on Foot Matthew Bannister walks and talks with folk musicians. Owen Ralph is part of the team that puts it together, and you're a musician yourself, and you've got a new album coming out called Imprint. Yes, it's out on the 12th of November. There you um, go. Yeah, so it's it's a continuation of what I've been doing with the the, the two EPs that I've released over the past uh, couple of years. And yeah, it's, it's, it's traditional songs, it's broadside ballads and um, art songs. So just songs that I found sheet music lying around for, which seem to be out of copyright and I can't really find anything, like any other versions of them. Good trick. Um, yeah, exactly. So and so just orchestrate those Um yeah, recorded them up in Sheffield uh, with a, an amazing guy called Tom Wright. Um, that was back in September last year, and yeah, it's coming out in November. It's uh, and it's kind of there's, there's a loose theme to it. Of uh, so the word imprint, I'm kind of interpreting it in lots of ways. There's um, 
you know, the idea with traditional song that when it's passed down orally that pe- each singer leaves their mark on it because there's yeah. like changes yeah so there's that imprint there's um the songs that have left the imprint on me so for example some of the um some of the songs that i was learning on recorder actually from from phil edwards um so bobby shafto was not on there or london's burning but yeah other stuff no but yeah but yeah but tunes, <laughs> tunes from that period of my life are <laughs> yeah they stuck with me all that time um yeah, and then the, and then there are songs as well which kind of deal with um, you know the moments in your life which which leave their imprint on you. So I mean, there's a there's a song about um, building a ship and sailing away because your girlfriend's left you, and you know just those those you yeah. know, those, those kind of really human moments of breakups or or whatever yeah. else it might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all told through these uh, kind of old traditional songs. It's great that we live in an age where you can just get on and do that. You know. Because, you know, years ago, people would have to get a deal with the record company and book studio time and everything. But now it's, it's accessible to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's been amazing, really. And, and my, my whole, I think when I was, when I was about 13, I, I just found, in a I think it was in a bookshop, actually. Um, for some reason, it was this kit with a, like a really cheap microphone and some basic audio editing software. Um, and I just bought that and, you know, started recording my own music and just haven't really stopped since then um and yeah really? it's, that's, it's been such a it's, it's it's been my 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 big hobby for for, for most of my life now yeah um, no it's I, totally I changed just, i remember yeah. the first the first multi-track recorder i had it was a second hand one it was made by tascam i don't know if you're old enough to remember these and they used cassettes and they had four tracks but that was it four tracks if you wanted more yeah. you had to bounce down a couple of tracks onto one of the tracks and and you know obviously there's a bit of generation loss there but now it's almost unlimited how many tracks you can you can have on a on audio yeah well i I recorded a song uh a a long while ago which is now kind of lost to history um but i remember layering up literally 45 violins just because i could i wanted to create my own string section were they 45 different performances or did you copy some of them just to beef them up Oh, I, I played it through 45 times, but it was um, <laughs> like slightly different parts, slightly different octaves. Wow. Um, wow. I was impressed when Thin Lizzy were doing harmony guitars, but they were <laughs> doing it with two. Wow. Wow. That is serious. So was any of it folk music? Yeah. So I, I think the, the music I started off recording was when I was still very much into the kind of pop rock type of thing. So I was, you know, I had, had my pedal board with maybe, Loads of making loads of terrible noises with my electric guitar, and was yeah, I was writing kind of pop rock type songs. Um, and then I, I stumbled across Seth Lakeman at a festival, and he's a um, he's a largely a songwriter, but writes in like a quite a traditional style. And he he plays the fiddle and sings. Um, and I've never seen anyone do that before with a violin. So I've never I seen a singing violinist. No, it's no, no it's, it's it's something you. Now, now that I'm in the folk world, it's something you see quite a lot. But I'd, I'd never seen anyone do that before, and because I'd been learning classical violin, um, and I just I just walked past the stage when he was playing, and he was it was just him and a, a bit of wood he was stamping on and a and a fiddle, and he was just making this massive sound like not he wasn't even layering anything up. It was he was just like moving the bow like crazy quickly and and stamping was like out the this. Jimi Hendrix of violin was he? Yeah, that's quite a good description to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, just totally. I've totally changed my mind about what the violin was and and how like, um, um, how you could make music and uh, the the fact that the things I liked about pop and rock and the kind of the real intensity to it that you could you could get that out of acoustic instruments. Um, so yeah, from then I, I started 
like tr- trying to do a bit of fusion stuff with electric guitar and fiddle, but eventually it's moved a bit more over into um, into like acoustic instruments and, and writing that way. Right, so you're more than qualified to be part of the team for Folk on Foot, which is at number 14 this week on the Pod 20. 13. Monday Morning Podcast. Bill Burr rants about the Rich Bitch Tour, Catholics during World War II, and Pink Month. 12. Over My Dead Body. An anthology series about people who are pushed beyond their limits and do unspeakable things. 11. Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. 10. Alan Carr's Life's a Beach. Alan invites famous guests each week to discuss their favourite places in the world. Alan's guest this week is the comedian Rob Beckett. 9. Sips, Suds and Smokes. Everything good in life is worth discussing. Wine, tea, coffee, whiskey, beer, cigars, barbecue, people whose first names start with a Q, ex-Amish, the state of Alabama, roadkill, and Canadians. At eight, Hidden Brain. Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behavior. Seven, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So, he started a podcast to fix that. Number six, Five Minute News, which is hosted by this week's special guest, Anthony Davis. There are a lot of places we can get our news these days. Why should we choose your podcast? I think people are craving just the truth and they also don't have much time. Five Minute News does what it says on the tin. You're going to get the three biggest stories in the world. Actually, that's not true. The three most important stories in the world, not the biggest stories, because the biggest stories could be, you know, just awful. As in, like, rubbish, you know, just... I mean, look, Britney Spears separating the conservatoire from her father was, like, the biggest story here. And, of course, Five Minute News... And Mexit, of course, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Harry and Meghan. Um... Five Minute News doesn't do those stories. Five Minute News only does stories that affect dozens, thousands, millions of people. It has to be a story that is you are going to be affected by. Not one person is affected, not other someone else's personal business, not a celebrity story. It has to be something that affects a large group of people. So that's why we focus on social injustice and inequality and health, uh, which was useful when the pandemic started just three or four months after Five Minute News launched, the pandemic really was what caused Five Minute News to take off because we were focusing on health. And then, of course, the climate crisis, which was announced around the same time as in the hashtag climate crisis. And, of course, we do a lot of climate coverage. So the the timing of it was very useful. And also people don't have much time anymore because everyone's working multiple jobs and has so many streams. And it's like, where do I get my news? So the listeners that we have, the viewers we have on YouTube, they write to us and they say, you've saved me so much time because I just do five minute news in the morning and then I'm done for the day. I don't have to spend my whole day like scrolling on on websites trying to find little bits of truth. So when you're deciding which stories to to cover, surely they must be filtered through your background because you grew up in London. And right now in London, one of the things that's happening 
is the Insulate Britain mob are closing the M25, they close the Blackwall Tunnel. Would you cover something like that? Because it would be of interest to you because it's about your hometown. But yeah. do you think it's got a it's got a global appeal, a story like that? Yeah, I would what I would do is I would amalgamate a few stories. So the story would be about the shortage of of, of petrol. Right. And then you would probably get the protest at the same time. I mean, I, I saw on Good Morning Britain that Susanna Reid interviewed one of the protest organizers for that, and her angle for the whole protest was, but you're shutting down the M25. Like, this is, do you not care about people getting to work? And I was like, why would you say that? Like, that is the mainstream media denying the existence of climate change, worrying more about people getting to work than the, the effect of this protest, because the effect of the protest got that guy on Good Morning Britain. She didn't see yeah. the irony of it. Like, She's like, why did you do this? Is it going to have any effect? What do you expect to come from this? And I'm thinking, he's on your show. <laughs> it has to be said, though, he didn't exactly cover himself in glory, did he? No, he walked off. But, yeah, it was a, but, it was a tough room because yeah. uh, Richard Maidley gave him a hard time as that's well. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. So I feel like, um, I just feel, I wish journalists would see the bigger picture. And Five Minute News just does the bigger picture. The planet is burning. California, I mean, how long are you going to live in California? Another 20 years? The wildfires and the extreme heat? How are you going to live here? We're going to end up using more air conditioning to live in hot climates like this. So all of the savings we're going to make in our carbon footprint will be, will, will, will be eradicated by more air conditioning. It, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, we're done. I mean, I've never known it this bad. <laughs> Five-minute news with Anthony Davis is at number six this week on the Pod 20. Number five. Bad Women, The Ripper Retold. It's a cold case like no other. In the autumn of 1888, five women were brutally murdered in London. The attacks were so violent that the killer earned a nickname, Jack the Ripper. But everything you think you know about Jack and those murdered women is wrong. Number four, The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. A few years ago, he was a broke university dropout living in one of the worst parts of the country, alone with nothing but a laptop and a dream. Fast forward a few years, and he's the 29-year-old ex-CEO of one of the UK's fastest-growing companies. In this podcast, every week Steve shares insights with you from guests with differing backgrounds, experiences, and learnings. Number three. Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Ed and James invite special guests into their magical restaurant to choose their favourite starter, main course, side dish, dessert and drink. Their latest guest is Ed Sheeran. Number two, Crime Junkie. If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you found your people. And at number one, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Parenting Hell. It's season three, and their guest in episode 28 is the comedian Michael McIntyre. And so you've got two boys, 13 and 16. 
Yes, they, I don't know how it happened. Uh, I mean, I know how it happened because, yeah. you know, time goes very quickly. And I, and older people say that all the time, don't they, about, how, you know, where did it all go? But yeah, I don't know whether to call them children. They have become teenagers. And, and I started doing gigs again. And I think it even ages the audience as well, because they know all my jokes about when they were babies and kids. I was yeah. making jokes about, you know, my wife's pregnancy. And now, you know, they're no yeah. longer children. They're sort of teenagers and, you know, they're, they're not toddlers. We sort of sit around watching Love Island together. Which is <laughs> and now the son's just got into that age where, which we were hoping would happen, where he, well, girls have come into his school. I mean, I haven't talked to him about it, um, but he's definitely, you know, he's going to the gym and he started washing his hair. Um, without being asked repeatedly <laughs> and, you know, he, he, brushing his teeth. So I think that he's, he's making an effort because that, that's what girls do, don't they? They suddenly make yeah. you do all the things naturally that you've been shouting at to do. And, and do you find it easy to talk to them about stuff like that? I I've, now I'm going to be very awkward around discussing stuff like that when my children are teenagers. I've li- literally just, I haven't brought it up and I have no intention <laughs> of bringing it up. <laughs> Now, I'm hoping he'll get all the information he needs online. I, I mean, I couldn't do it. I know. Isn't it? Because some parents are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. What about yourselves? Did you sit down? Did your parents? No, no. Birds no. and the bees. I mean, even the expression, the birds and the bees, shows how anxious it, it is a subject yeah. to tackle. We have to talk about birds and bees who, oh, as far as I'm concerned, have never had a relationship with each other anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably, that's definitely wrong. So birds are shagging bees. That doesn't seem right, Mum. That's terrible advice. (laughs) Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Parenting Hell is at number one this week on the Pod 20. And that's it for episode 78. Thanks to this week's guests, Anthony Davis, Owen Ralph, Rob Beckett, Josh Widdicombe and Michael McIntyre. Next week, my guests are Lorraine Kelly and her daughter Rosie, who've got a great podcast called What If. They have celebrity guests on and ask them about, you know, the what-ifs that have shaped who they are. I mean, for me, I was an air conditioning engineer in Sydney, Australia, and one day I came home from work and I just said to Julie, my wife, I said, I want to be on the radio. And Julie said, go on then. Yeah. What if she just said, yeah, you're not doing that, behave yourself. Yeah, exactly, which she would have had every right to do because I had no we'd only lived in Australia for a year I didn't know anyone in Australia never when I know anyone in radio so yeah she she would have been the same one there but sometimes you need you just need that little push or just something happens or you meet someone so it's a brilliant idea for a podcast I can't think of any other podcast like it what podcasts inspire you Ooh, what do we like listening to we like listening you like listening to podcasts that you learn things I do, I we do. Like, um, I like your, Brian Cox's yeah. one, you know, about yeah. the years and stuff. Or oh, You're Dead to Me. The oh, You're Dead to Me. Oh, the history like, one, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a really, really good one. Yeah, there's so, the thing is, I think it depends on the mood you're in and whether or not you are by yourself or with someone else in the car. You know, we've got to listen to something that we both feel it like. Mm. And then if you're out, out with the dog, you want to sort of get maybe a bit more uplifted. So, yeah, they're so... They're, so many but I I think it's one of the best things ever that you can just you know plug into another world and get an insight into different worlds and talking to different people so yeah it's great we love it but your podcast sounds so good how much of it is edited um it's I mean we we do we do it's not that much no 
Can they can edit it down because we do talk for about an hour a and a half, maybe max, <laughs> and it's, it's edited down to about 40 minutes. Yeah, well, when we had um, Lawrence Cheney on, we had to edit out all the sweaty words. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> but that was funny. Just, that was yeah. very funny. But yeah, it comes down to about sort of 40 minutes, 45 yeah. minutes, something like that. So it's, it's, it's good, but not much, not really much. It's very as life. You know, it's got that feeling about it, which is great. Great. Okay. Well, it's called What If? It's with Lorraine and Rosie, and it's you'll know Lorraine from TV, Lorraine Kelly, although you're both Smith, aren't you? Which is slightly confusing. Well, you're technically Smith. I am. You're I am Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith as we yeah. go into hotels, which always has great people sniggering. And, and they'll think, they'll go, no, it's Lorraine Kelly. She's using a fake name. There she is, the phone lover. But yeah, Rosie Smith. Yeah. Okay. Lorraine Kelly and her daughter Rosie, who have a great podcast called What If? my special guests next week on the pod 20 and what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week will your favorite podcast make it to number one influence the chart make a recommendation at the podcastradio.co.uk faith in the news media has been challenged making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.